What's up, everybody? Welcome into the Bush League segment here at House Call Sports. I'm here with Taylor. My name is Matt, and today we are talking about some teams whose outlooks have changed since the All-Star break in the MLB, what teams have put themselves in a better position you know, to contend, and what teams have fallen out or are likely to fall out of the race. But first, I want to give a shout-out to one of our sponsors, and that is Liquid IV. Go get 25% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use our code at the checkout. That is 25% off anything you order when you use the promo code the underscore house underscore call underscore score podcast at liquidiv.com watermelon liquid IV. that's my personal go-to i lift weights i got two outdoor jobs here on maui it's super humid the sun's always out i'm the white i'm the both of us actually are the two whitest living humans on the planet okay you want to know what we do when we are losing electrolytes from the hot ass sun that's been going around so far we use liquid IV to replenish our electrolytes. You get three times the electrolytes with liquid IV and the great taste. So use the promo code and hit the link in the description to go get some. But like I mentioned before, okay, there has been a lot of change even since the all-star break in the MLB, which seems like it was already forever ago at this point, even though it was only three or four weeks ago. And since we have been gone, which has been a hot minute since we've recorded, okay, a lot has changed. So Taylor, I'm going to go to you, my friend. Give me a team or teams you want to talk about whose outlook has changed since the trade deadline. Well, start with a positive one, uh, and it's a team that already had a good outlook, and I think now has a better outlook, and that's the Rangers. You know, they they had a great deadline; they got exactly what they needed in uh, in Chapman, Montgomery, and Max Scherzer. You know, they added that pitching depth that they so desperately needed, and added a little bit to their bullpen, which was obviously a point they needed to address going into the deadline. And you know, going into the year, it was clearly World Series or bust with these guys, and they're just continuing to show that they want to win the World Series. And you got to love that from an organization. On top of that, Seager's back. He just came off the IL for them. So that's a huge boost to their lineup, obviously. Uh, Jonah Heim and Eovaldi are out right now, but they should be back hopefully by the end of the month. And that only makes their roster better. Um, really, the biggest thing with these Rangers is like, man, can you imagine them with DeGrom? Uh. Like, on, it's like it, it's hard to uh, believe he's still on the roster given how good they've been without him because uh, there are no holes in that lineup right now it's it's one through nine is stacked they've got depth in the rotation now the bullpen is still maybe not like the best but it's definitely good enough and like you've got enough high leverage guys to work your way through through innings uh, the only thing I still see with the Rangers is like kind of going back to DeGrom not being there is like if they do get to the playoffs I don't know that they have like the one guy the one starter that's like the guy you throw out their game one that you're like we got this on lock like he's gonna shut down the other team like I don't know if they have a guy that's gonna be able to shut down like a Braves lineup in the postseason definitively but the good news is on the other side of that Pretty much everybody they have in the rotation is like good. It's just they don't have mm-hmm. that Degrom esque guy that that you have full confidence in to go and just shut the other team down through like five six innings. But still, like this is a team that should at least be ALCS bound, if not World Series bound. And I think they just increased their chances of that over the past couple of weeks. No doubt. And I mean, uh, uh, at the beginning of the year, I was uh, I was really, really high on the Rangers. I thought this team I was I was talking about them as one of the highest upside teams in baseball. And they are showing that upside this year. I mean, you look up and down, like you said, you look up and down the lineup. I mean, uh, from we're Yankees fans. Everybody knows that by now. Glaber Torres has been our best hitter on our team. Like he, as far as healthy hitters, he would be the worst hitter in the, in the Rangers lineup. Yeah. Like he, he would be the worst hitter in the Rangers lineup. Every single one of these guys who is in there consistently has a 800 plus OPS. Marcus Simeon, obviously having a great year. Adelise Garcia is like the most consistent, like 30 home run, 100 RBI guy in baseball at this point. Obviously Corey Seager, when he's in there, 
has been arguably the best shortstop in baseball this season. He has been unbelievable. Uh, he's been absolutely dominant. And like you were talking about with with this rotation, I'm going to disagree with you a little bit on they don't have that one guy that they're going to go to. Now that they have Scherzer, I mean, listen, he's not he's not the old Max he's not the old Max Scherzer. He's just an old Max Scherzer now. Like he's not as good as he used to be, but. I mean, we've seen pitchers with playoff experience who maybe not aren't what they used to be still figure it out in the playoffs because they have that experience, right? You can think of guys like Adam Wainwright. You can think of, I know, for a Yankees fan perspective, I had more, even when CC wasn't going, like I still had more confidence in CC or someone like Andy Pettit in the playoffs, even when they weren't at their best possible version of of themselves than just about anybody else. So I like their rotation. Obviously, like you said, Yavaldi was one of the best starting pitchers in baseball, you know, before he, you know, before he went down. Uh, and he's obviously on his way back. So, and then you got to roll this Chapman, who obviously now that he's left the Yankees is looking more disgusting than he's ever looked in his entire life. You know, the guy is just throwing 102 mile an hour sinkers, and with that with that splitter and that slider, it's just an unfair combo. But like you said, this Rangers team, they've got to be thinking. And you know, you don't make all the moves that they made if if they're not thinking about the World Series and they're thinking about the ALCS and 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 especially in this American League right now. I think this American League is pretty wide open. Obviously, at the beginning of the year, it looked like it was going to be a lot of Rays. Now the Rays have kind of fallen back to the pack, and you know it looks like it's going to be Orioles and it's Rangers and it's Rays and it's Astros. Obviously, so still got to be thrown in there. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting. There's a lot of a lot of different teams uh, that are going to be involved as far as this race goes. But uh, Taylor, I'm going to head back to you again. Uh, give me another team whose outlook has changed uh, since this uh, since this All Star break. Uh, well, I'll just stay in the AL West. I, another team I think uh, that has improved their outlook is the Mariners. Uh, you know, up until the All-Star break, they were playing and looking like a 500 team. Uh, and they kind of soft sold at the deadline with the Paul Seawald deal. Uh, you know, obviously he is a huge part of their bullpen, uh, but they've come out of the All-Star break and they played and felt more like the wild card team we thought they would be. And they seem to have recaptured a little bit of their, you know, Mariners magic that we've seen over the past couple of years. Uh, and one of the reasons that I've always kind of believed in them this year is just the depth and quality of their pitching. You know, their eighth in the league mm-hmm. in ERA at, 383. They have the second best K to walk rate in the league at 17.6%, which is uh, the Twins are the only team better at 18.6. But, you know, the offense has been pretty bad for the Mariners, uh, you know, up and up until this point, um, way too many strikeouts, especially the heart of their order with Teoscar and Eugenio and uh, big dumper Cal Raleigh. uh, And on top of that, they're 20th in OBP at 315. So, you know, it doesn't take a big analytics brain to know if you're striking out and not getting on base that well, you're not going to score very many runs. But they finally moved on from Colton Wong, who was another kind of sore spot in that lineup. They finally released him, you know, and it's crazy. He was supposed to be such a stabilizing force to that lineup and because of his consistency and he just kind of tanked for some reason. And that's still kind of blowing my mind. But all of that aside, since the All-Star break, 118 WRC+. And then, you know, Cal, Julio, and Eugenio Suarez are starting to find their power stroke now. And they're only two and a half games back from wildcard spot. And their schedule Crazy. over the next couple of weeks is really interesting. Uh, they, the, For the next week, they have some tough games. They're in L.A. right now playing the Angels. They've won the first two games of that series, which are huge for them. Obviously, like the Angels are a team they're going to need to bury if they want to make one of those wildcard spots. And after this series, they've got two at home. It's two at home versus San Diego. And then the Orioles come to Seattle for a three-game series. So those Mm. are all going to be tough. But then after that, they go on the road. They play four against Kansas City. They play three against the Astros. Good team. But then they play 
more game. They have a six game homestand after that against the Royals and the A's. So, and then they go play New York, the bad team, the worst team in New York, the Mets. So that's a big stretch of games for them that, you know, if they can hang on this next week, that stretch of games is a big opportunity for them to get into that wildcard spot and solidify their place there a little bit. And I think this is a team that likes playing with a chip on their shoulder. They want to be that team that's like grinding out and making that wildcard spot and kind of coming from behind and showing everybody what they're made of. And I think they're going to have a chance to do that over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, first of all, Taylor, do not disrespect the Kansas City Royals. They've won seven straight, and they're now only 39 games under 500. So don't wow. disrespect the Royals. Okay, they're on an absolute heater right now. Okay, <laughs> so they've they've really separated themselves from the A's uh, in this in this last in this last stretch. They're on an absolute heater. Um, but yeah, like you said, with the with the Mariners, uh, their pitching is really really good. It's all going to come down to their offense. While you were talking about Colton Wong. I looked over at the at the Mariners stats and I saw a 468 OPS and I had to like squint and like make sure I was reading it correctly because Colton yeah. Wong was one of the worst players in baseball. So, uh yeah, it's it you know getting yeah. somebody like that out of the lineup. Uh obviously he played, you know, he had damn near 200 at bats for the team uh, with a 468 OPS. So that's like a if there's like something worse than a black hole, like that's like I don't even know. Yeah, uh, that's was, that's he what was he worst was in, in the worst in the league in in WAR for quite a while. I don't know if he yeah. was through the time they released him, but I know about halfway through the a quarter of the way through the season, he was definitely at leading the league in negative WAR. Yep. Yeah. He's still, he's still towards the bottom right now. It's uh, Gene Segura who is firmly at the bottom. Oh yeah. Uh, Tim Anderson is in that, is in there as well. Uh, Austin Barnes, MJ Melendez, those guys are at the bottom as far as war goes right now in the MLB. But yeah, like you said, it's all going to come down to this offense. Like you said, there's a lot too, there's, there's way too many strikeouts. Even Julio and Jared Kelnick, they've been striking out too much, you know? So um, those guys are going to, you know, those are a couple guys that are going to have to start making more contact. But again, You've got names in the lineup who are are capable of producing and capable of producing at a high level. Like you mentioned, Teoscar Hernandez is, you know, someone who were, you know, consistently can produce 30 home runs, 100 RBIs, 800 plus OPS. So if he can be that type of player down the stretch, you know, that's someone who you're going to have to rely on. Ty France hasn't been good either. Ty France was really, really good last year. He hasn't been good this year either. You know, he's at a 701 OPS. Like you said, Suarez, he's kind of hit and miss. Obviously, he's yeah. he's he's been kind of a true outcome guy his entire career. Another but, crazy you know, stat can, about the Mariners is right now JP Crawford has a higher OPS than Julio Rodriguez. Yeah, that's wild. Which that's that's not a good that's good not for, a good, good for JP, but bad fan. for the yeah. team. And he's he's having a really really good season, and you know he's he's obviously plays a really good defensive shortstop as well. But yeah, that's not a uh, if if that's part of your offensive recipe, that's not what you're relying on uh, to to get yourself to the playoffs. So, like you said, with all that. You know, all the all the things that have gone wrong, especially for them offensively, um, if they can, you know, get hot down the stretch. And like we said, they've got the names to do it. Uh, I've got confidence that they can, you know, potentially make a run because we talked about their pitching. That, that pitching is really, really good. So, yeah, I could definitely see it with them. But I'm going to go to a team myself who I wanted to talk about who, I mean, I don't really think there's a weak spot on their team right now. Uh, it's the best team in the American League right now. It's the Baltimore Orioles. I mean, now has their outcome drastically changed since the break? Uh, I mean, I would say, yeah. I mean, there were two games back of the Rays, a team that had controlled the division wire to wire, you know, at the at the break. And now they're two games up on the Rays uh, for, you know, for first in the best division in baseball. And are they playing a bit over their skis? They are. They're playing a bit over their skis. They're supposed to be, you know, 62 and 48. That's their projected win loss record, which is, you know, six games worse than their current record of 68 and 42. 
And they are 20 and 10 in one run games, which is typically not sustainable. But when you have one of the best bullpens headlined by Yanier Cano and a man who is having one of the greatest bullpen seasons, one of the greatest closer seasons in the history of relief pitchers as of now, in my opinion, and Felix Bautista, those one run game stats are a lot more sustainable than the average team. I mean, I, I basically wanted to talk about the, the Orioles just so I could talk about Felix Bautista because these stats are like, they're, they're ridiculous. It's unbelievable. So 47 appearances, he's got 51 and two-thirds innings. He's got 29 saves, which is third in baseball. But he's got 101 strikeouts in 51 and two-thirds innings. That's 17.6 Ks per nine. So that's basically striking out two guys for every single inning that you pitch. Like, that does not happen. Like, for context... Edwin Diaz last year was historically good with his case per nine last year, and he was 17.1. So Felix Bautista is 17.6, so he's even better than that. And for some more context, okay, there are 64 pitchers currently with over 100 strikeouts. All but three of them have pitched over 100 innings, and all and the only one who has pitched less than 70 innings is Bautista. So Bautista's pitched 51 innings and has more strikeouts than people who have pitched over 100 innings at this point. So he is striking out guys at a historic rate. He's got a .85 whip. He's got a .87 ERA, a 0.87 ERA. He's allowed five runs all year. It's August. He's allowed five runs the entire season. So these guys have the best back end of the bullpen in baseball. Obviously, you know, the Orioles, they've got a, a team who's young, obviously led by Rutschman and Henderson. You've obviously got your vets like Hayes and Santander, too, who are having really, really good seasons. Plus, they've got the best farm system in baseball, one of the best of all time, really. you got your top pitching prospect in Grayson Rodriguez, who was really, really bad. Now he's showing some t- signs of turning it around. you got Kyle Bradish, who's been really, really good for them in their rotation as of late. Obviously, you add Jack Flaherty to the end of that rotation at the deadline. And listen, if I'm honest, like, I'm from a Yankees fan perspective, I'm terrified of this team going forward. Like I am, I'm honestly scared out of my mind of this team going forward. They aren't supposed to be this good yet. They're not supposed to be this good yet. And they're already so freaking good. And they're far younger than everybody else. Like I said, you got Jackson holiday in that farm system too. He looks like a freak of nature. This feels like a potential, you know, 2016 through present Astros type situation that's going on with the Baltimore Orioles right now, because these guys are a scary, scary baseball team. Absolutely. And yeah, you know, their farm system is just, it's a wealth of riches. I mean, yeah, you mentioned Jackson Holiday, who's, you know, probably going to be in the majors sooner rather than later, which is insane because he just <laughs> got drafted. Uh, Heston Kierstad yeah. is another big bat they have down there that they can probably call up at any time. Uh, if they want to. And, you know, they just called up Westberg. It's and yeah, like you were saying, Grayson Rodriguez, you know, he he didn't look that great, you know, earlier in the year. He goes down for a little bit, retools a little bit, comes back up. Now he's looking like an ace. They Ugh. like they have, their window is crazy. Like they if they keep this core together, they basically have a competitive window, you know, for the next five to, you know, eight years. It's Decade. insane. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy, it's man. And, you know, I, th- I think a lot of people were on them about, you know, getting pitching at the deadline and using that farm system, uh, as leverage to get some quality starting pitching. Uh, and I was kind of in that boat as well. Um, and I think they found a really nice middle ground with what they did with Flaherty. You know, mm-hmm. they didn't give up any big pieces of their farm system. I think it was like their 15th and 18th ranked prospects for Flaherty. And, you know, Flaherty has had some pretty drastic up and ups and downs this year, but I think that's exactly the kind of arm they need. You know, they have the innings eaters, you know, like Kyle mm-hmm. Gibson and, and, uh, and, and all those guys, Our like wells. their guys, 
eat a lot of innings. They consistently throw into the fifth, sixth inning. And like you said, that back end of the bullpen is so good. And now they have Jay Flair is kind of like, you know, high upside. You know, if it doesn't pan out, they've still got guys that can take those innings. But if it pans out, like they've got a guy that can like really do some damage. So I, I think they improved their outlook. And, and you know, these young guys, I think, are only going to keep heating up as the season goes on and they get more experience. So I think they're just only going to get scarier uh, come playoff time. I'm 100%. I mean, you're right with these young guys. I mean, we saw at the beginning of the year for Gunnar Henderson, like he was not good at the start of the year. Yeah. And now you look up and he's been one of the best players in baseball yeah. for, you know, a good two, three month stretch now. So, yeah. And obviously you got Rutschman, who's, you know, one of the best catchers in baseball. And like I mentioned, some of those veteran guys, you got Cedric Mullins as well, who's hurt right now, but Austin he's going to be coming back. It's all star. Austin Hayes, man. Aaron Hicks, he looks like Aaron, <laughs> Aaron Hicks, Hicks, you yeah. know, <laughs> you know, so, so it's a, it's a, this team, I'm, I'm scared. I'm not going to lie. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm not going to pretend like I'm not, you, you know, this team is really, really good and it's, it's going to be really, really good for a long time. So shout out to Baltimore. You, they suffered through it for about a half decade yeah. and now you're going to, you're going to, you're going to reap the benefits of that suffering for you know, at least the next half decade, maybe the next full decade, you know? So yeah. yeah, shout out to Baltimore. You guys are looking really, really good right now. But Taylor, I'm going to go back to you, man. Give me another team whose outlook has changed since the All-Star break. Well, I'm going to stay positive for now because, you know, I I definitely have some negative ones for later. So I'm going to get the positives out of the way before we get too depressing here. Uh, And it's the team whose hat I'm wearing on my head. It's the Cubs. I just got to go see my first games at Wrigley, which was awesome. Uh, And, you know, since I went to Wrigley, they've been killing it, you know, for the last two weeks, um, which is really fun for me. you know, they they had an interesting deadline as well. There was a lot of talk about Stroman and Bellinger and, you know, do they move them? What kind of a haul can they get for them? Uh, but what does that say about the organization when you make moves like that? And they kind of went the other way. They said, no, we're going to hold on to our pieces. We're going to add uh, uh, Jamer Candelario, who is a great fit for mm-hmm. them because um, he can play either corner infield spot, which, you know, their first base position, you know, was something we touched on coming into the year, uh, which I'll get to in a second. Weird. But, you know, they've also just been on fire since the All-Star break. Obviously, they just like destroyed the Reds and scored like 40 runs in three games, something crazy like that. Uh, you know, they're firing on all cylinders right now, and they're, they've kind of become the team that I, I, I thought they could be. Um, and really like, I think this is an organization that recognizes like the NL central is still up for grabs. Like, yeah, the reds have been really good and like, they've, they've got some flash, but like they are, it's absolutely with a possibility for the Cubs to catch them. And actually baseball reference still has the Cubs as has having the best chances to win that division outright, uh, which is, which is kind of interesting. Um, and you know, this, this lineup is solid all the way around. They don't really have any significant holes. They've got guys that are playing more up to their potential. Now Dansby's on fire and going back to that first base yeah. situation, you know, going into the beginning of the year, it was kind of this weird platoony situation between like Mancini and Hosmer. And then like, it was obvious that Mervis was going to be coming up soon. And it was, was kind of like, who's playing first base and like, why do we have three of them here? Um, but now, now the combination at first base is more Candelario, Patrick, a little bit of Patrick Wisdom, and Bellinger. Um, obviously, you'd rather have him in the outfield, but he plays a great first base too. Um, and, you know, I, I feel a lot better about that corner infield situation. Uh, and the pitching's been really good this year. So, like, why can't the Cubs win the NL Central? Yeah, I mean, they certainly could. Like you said, it's it's definitely up for grabs. I mean, you know, and all the teams that they're kind of they're they're vying with are either 
average kind of they're either average level teams like someone like Milwaukee. I'm I don't know about you, Taylor. I'm still not like the big like not sold. Oh, Milwaukee, you yeah, know, not I'm not sold, sold on, on Milwaukee. And someone like the Reds, who I am more sold on the Reds, they're still really, really young, you know. So yeah. they could easily have a stretch, you know, they could easily have a, a couple months stretch these last couple months of the season where you know, that youth kind of catches up to them a little bit and the, and the Cubs can make a run. So, yeah, they obviously they obviously have a, a, a really good opportunity right now to, to make a run. Like you said, you know, Stroman, he got hurt and, and he fell off a little bit. Uh, and But Justin Steele, who's been their second guy, yeah. has been really, really good uh, this year. He's been, you know, almost almost Cy Young caliber. But like you were, yeah. like you were talking Tyone's about, Taylor. picking it back this, up, too. He's line, starting to find his stride. I, yep, Tyone's getting back to, you know, who they kind of paid him to be. But... This lineup is really, really good. I mean, the the middle infield might be, uh, as far as defensively goes, that might be the best middle infield in baseball with Nico Horner and, and, and Dansby Swanson, you know. So you got a really, really good middle infield. And I got to admit when I was wrong, I was not a big Cody Bellinger believer coming into the season. And he has played some damn good baseball this year. He has He's looked like, yeah. you know, n- maybe not the MVP Bellinger, but he's been pretty close, you know. So yeah, different um, version, different really, version really of Bellinger, but also a really mm-hmm. good version. Striking out less, uh, a little more contact yep. oriented than he was in his MVP season. So a little bit less mm-hmm. power, but man, playing great defense. His OPS, I think, is still in the nine hundreds. And man, they yep. love him in Chicago. Holy smokes! Stealing bases, he stole fifteen bases. Yeah. You know, like you said, he's he's walking less, but he's striking out less. Like you said, he's putting the ball in play more, and that's the exact adjustment he needed to make. He was he was all or nothing when he was with the Dodgers his last couple of years. It was home run. He was a three true out go three, three true outcome guy. Excuse me. It was home run, walk, strikeout, and now he's a more versatile hitter. He can go the other way. He can slap a base hit the other way. You know, he can still hit his home runs. And like you said, he is a extremely versatile player. Playing center field, you know, I know I was hoping the Cubs would suck so the Yankees would get him as a as a left-handed yeah. bat in the in left field, yeah. you know, because that's exactly Fortunately, what the we Yankees need. have kind of sucked a little bit too. So Yeah, and we'll talk about that <laughs> later for sure. Uh but like you said, th- this Cubs team, they there there's a lot to like if you're a Cubs fan right now. Uh my boy Mike Talkman, our boy Mike Talkman, yeah. he's made some really, really awesome plays. He's having a little bit of a resurgence as well. Uh I love me some he was Mike never, Talkman. Mike not Talkman's a resurgence, he was never gone. He's yeah, always he went away there. for a while. He, well, I mean, bro, he, he literally went to Korea. What are you talking about? Well, yeah, but he destroyed in Korea and then he came back. True so. facts. Yeah. Facts. Yeah. It's just so a matter of he had, where he's, it's just a matter of where he's dominating in the world. It's not a matter right. of if he's dominating. Yes. I love Good Mike Dockman. Good point. He got tired of dominating in the U.S. So he went to Korea. Yeah, to he, dominate. he needed to yeah. change the scenery. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, there's it's a lot bored. of like, like, there's a lot of, yeah, no doubt. Yeah, there's a lot of really, really good players on this team. And, you know, uh, even someone like Seiya Suzuki, who's, you know, had a little bit of a rough season and has gotten hurt a little bit, banged up. You know, if he comes back and he's, you know, what he showed last year that he can be, you know, again, this is a really, really good potential for a really good baseball team who could make a run and win this division. So, yeah, I like that pick as far as the uh, as far as the as far as the Cubs go, Taylor. But I'm going to go I'm going to go negative, but I'm also going to go positive at the same time. OK, and I'm going to go over to, like you said, that worst team in New York. OK, I'm going to go to the Mets. OK, listen. Obviously, you know, you know, they, they, this is not the season that they wanted. This is the exact opposite of the season that they wanted. This is the worst case scenario for the season that they wanted. Okay. But I am proud of Steve Cohen in the front office for New York that they realized how lost that this season was. I mean, they, you know, they realized they had a couple of veteran star pitchers, you know, on short term deals and they said, Hey, you know, let's pivot. Let's play for the next couple of years as opposed to, you know, as, as opposed to this one. Cause obviously they were playing for the next couple, they were playing for this year, next year, and they had to pivot, you know, and they were six games under 500 and seven games out at the all-star break. 
But with the names that that team has and the talent that that team has, it would have been easy for themselves to talk themselves into, you know, like, oh, let's go get this guy. And, you know, this yeah. guy will fix everything. You know, then then if Scherzer and Verlander and, yeah, double down, exactly. And we were talking about it earlier in the year when they were struggling too. You know, we could easily see them doubling down at the deadline and, you know, trying to, you know, let's make a run. Let's, you know, double down. We can try to get hot and make a run. And they didn't do that. They offloaded those big contracts of Verlander and Scherzer, even though they're eating a lot of that salary. They're eating most of Scherzer's salary, all but twenty-two million, uh, which makes obviously makes that trade for uh, trade for the Rangers' perspective even better because they're not even really having to pay for Scherzer. Um, but you know they got a lot for both of those guys as well. You know you got some really really good prospects. You got the best Astros prospect in Drew Gilbert. He's electric as far as the outfielder goes. And then you got you know Acuna's brother in the uh, Ronald Acuna's brother uh, Luis Acuna uh, for uh, for um, for Scherzer. So it's a, uh, it's, you know, they've got some really, really good prospects. Now you can regroup for next year. And it also feels like maybe potentially they're trying to make some moves so they can open up some space for a run at Shohei Otani as well. So, uh, you know, the Mets have, you know, I think the moves gave them a better shot at their future uh, and, and, and a better shot at arg- arguably the greatest player we've ever seen in Shohei Otani as well. So shout out to the Mets for admitting it's been a failure. You know, it's, it's especially after having the off season they did, you know, it's it's easy to have that ego and be like, no, we're going to double down and we're going to go get somebody and we're going to, you know, we're going to, you know, make this even worse than it already is, you know, but good for them. They didn't have the ego. They just made the best moves that they could for their organization and for their team going forward. And that des- deserves our respect, in my opinion, because they understood, hey, it's, this ain't our year. You know, we're going to try to figure it out for the next couple of years and shout out to the Mets for that. Yeah, I was also, uh, I found it kind of refreshing, but also wonder how a player would feel about Scherzer's comments about, uh, you know, management's um, outlook as far as next year goes too. Yeah. like them basically saying like, yeah, we're not even really going to try and be super competitive in 2024. We're kind of hoping to regroup yeah. and get back in 2025. I, I appreciate their candor there, but you got to wonder how that's going to feel for the guys that are still there. Like a Pete Alonzo, it's like, you know, he's coming Lindor, up on him. Like that's his contract year. And it's like, what, what are they doing with him? Cause you know, mm-hmm. I feel like we could be having a similar conversation next year. If the Mets aren't good that we were having this year of like, you know, are are they bailing on Alonzo now? What's going on there? Um, so we'll see how it goes. I I I don't see them as a landing spot for Shohei Otani, though. I I don't know if he's going to trust an organization that 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 tanked on such a hyped year because True. you know that that's basically what he's been living through since he arrived in L.A. It's always been hyped like this is their year; they're going to make the playoffs. You know, it's Otani and Trout on the same team; they just need pitching, and it's been the same story and the it looks like it's going to be the same result again, uh, which I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about a little bit later. Um, but it, it would be, I'm sure they'll make a pass at him because it's Steve Cohen and you know, he would be silly that's, not to, but I I right. don't see him going East for, for a team like yeah. that. And, and that's the, you just mentioned the, the reason why I think he could possibly be there. You know, if anybody's going to throw a billion dollars at Shohei yep. Otani, it's going to be Steve Cohen. If anyone's going to overpay. It's going to be <laughs> AJ Preller or Steve Cohen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so that's the reason why you know Shohei cannot want to go to New York all he wants, but if you see a billion yeah. dollars on a contract, it's like okay, yeah, I'm so going to New York. Yeah. You know, here <laughs> yeah. we come. You know, yep. so uh, yeah, it's it. That's that's the reason why I think they could be a landing spot. And then you know from uh, you know from an Otani perspective, listen, you know this the, the argument we made at the beginning of the year. You know, they still got Pete Alonso, Lindor, and you know, they still got good players on the team. It's just they need you know a little bit of retooling to kind of get themselves over the top. So, but yeah, I wouldn't. I, I they certainly wouldn't be my favorite for Shohei. Otani, don't get me wrong, but I think it could be uh, kind of a dark horse uh, landing spot for him. Uh, But Taylor, I'm going back to you, my friend. 
Give me another one of these teams whose outlook has changed since the All-Star break. Um, I'm going to go with a team whose outlook I thought would change, but actually hasn't changed. Um, and this is kind of a team similar to the Mets that was very hyped coming into the year and have kind of just fallen a little bit flat, but not as hard. They haven't fallen as flat as the Mets have, and that's the Padres. Um, I think everyone that follows baseball has expected the Padres to go off at a certain point. It's just been a matter of like, when are they going to go off? And we're still waiting for that to happen. And they're kind of running out of time for that to happen. And they had an interesting deadline where they added, you know, Rich Hill and G-Man Choi, who are decent depth ads, but it's just an interesting situation for them where I almost expected them to double down um, similar to what we were just talking about with the Mets, just because of all the insane contracts they've been giving out to these players. It's like, well, you, you kind of got to win some, some stuff in the near future and why not this year? Um, So I'm not too sure what to think about them. I think if anything, my outlook has changed for the negative a little bit, especially now that Musgrove is going to miss some extended time. Um, But on the flip side, like the top half of the lineup's looking a little bit better. The bottom half is still looking really inconsistent. That weird uh, Nelson Cruz, Matt Carpenter, DH platoon that we were kind of excited about at the beginning of the year just didn't pan out at all. Um, But then, you know, out of all people, Gary Sanchez comes in and kind of produces for them a little bit. Uh, It's, if you really want to be depressed as a Yankees fan, go look at uh, at how many players uh, have a lower OPS on the Yankees than Gary Sanchez does this year. Because um, that'll really, judge. yeah, that'll really make you more sad about it. <laughs> um, but then on the positive side of the Astros, again, is like you know, if you're looking, if you're a Pythagorean win loss guy, they're the unluckiest team in baseball right now based on run differentials. So there's still that that hope that you know they can still do it, they can still get hot, but they just feel like they're in the same spot, you know, as they were before the all-star break right now. And it's, it's starting to feel, I'm starting to lose hope in, in, in this, in the fabled hot streak of the Padres a little bit, but I still think it could happen with the talent they have. And I would like to see it happen just to make things interesting. But I think my outlook has, has gone a little bit more negative for them. Yeah. I mean, you, you were talking about how they're the unluckiest team in baseball. I mean, you look at all of their guys, like Juan Soto's having a great year. Like Tatis has been really good. Machado's, you know, turned it on as of late. Hassan, uh, the, the most surprising yeah. thing is Hassan Kim. When earlier, when I was looking at war, he leads the MLB in war. Like he, he's, yeah, he's, he uh, he's turned on, he's, he's turned on his, his, his bat was the kind of thing that was, you know, leaving him behind a little bit because he's so, so good and so versatile defensively. But now he's got, what, 15 homers, 41 RBIs. He's got an 841 OPS. So if he's going to do that, yeah. Hassan Kim's going to be one of the best players in baseball. So yep. you've got, you know, your shortstop uh, as well as Xander Bogarts, who he hasn't been great, but, you know, he's been obviously pretty solid. So uh, you've got a lot of guys who are producing in that lineup. Like you said, Gary Sanchez in that lineup. Blake Snell's been really good. He's had a resurgent year in the bullpen or in the, yeah. in the rotation. Josh Hader, he's had a really, really amazing year in the bullpen as well. So you're looking at the team, you're like, what, you know, what is going wrong? Like, yeah, why are these missing? guys winning more games? Exactly. Yeah. So it's, and like you said, they're running out of time as far as, you know, to, 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 to make that run. And they've got three teams ahead of them in the division right now, because the giants have come on, obviously the, the D backs, we kind of saw their, their slide coming they're they're starting to kind of fade away a little bit um but you know they're still a good team and obviously you know you still got the Dodgers out west you know so yeah it's really really going to be interesting to see how how the Padres kind of finish out this season because you know like you said they they didn't 
they weren't all in at the deadline, but they made some moves that were like trying to make. You could tell they're trying to make yeah. themselves better. They obviously added Garrett Cooper too, as well, who mm-hmm. could who's going to be in a, a in a more of a platoon role for them. So it's going to be interesting to see how they finish the season. Like you said, this is a talented, still extremely talented baseball team. It's going to be a matter of you know, can they just you know find a way to get W's towards the end of the season? And it's it's all about winning for them. You know, obviously you talked about AJ Preller spending that money. It's all about winning for them right now. So they've got to find a way to win some games. Uh, down the stretch of this season. But I'm going to go to a team who's also out West, who is in the same division. And we had a little bit of a disagreement, I remember, at the beginning of the year of who we thought was going to win this division. I remember you had the Padres, and I had this team winning the division for the however many straight year this team is probably going to win the division. And it's the Los Angeles Dodgers. Listen, this uh, at the All-Star break, this team was tied with Arizona for the division lead. And I figured... We both kind of figured they would start to pull away from Arizona, and they, which they have. But obviously, I talked about the Giants have kind of gotten hot and stayed close to them. So shout out to the Giants as well for for getting hot and, and making a little bit of a run. But listen, the Dodgers' offense has been elite this year. They're hovering around a team, yeah. uh, eight hundred team OPS. You know, just about any metric you use, they're top three or four in baseball offensively, right up there with Tampa Bay, Texas, and the Braves, who are all you know the the best offenses in baseball. You got Freeman and Mookie Betts, who are both. MVP candidates, MVP candidates, excuse me, this year. Freddie Freeman is having the best year of his career at 33, and he's a first ballot Hall of Famer in my book. So shout out to Freddie Freeman uh, for for still being, you know, one of the best hitters in baseball at 33. And both of those guys would be a lot more of MVP, you know, favorites <laughs> if Ronald Acuna Jr. wasn't an alien yeah. uh, this year. Uh, yeah. But he is just absolutely going off. But, I mean, Dodgers' perspective, we talked about it preseason. You know, what J.D. Martinez was this team going to get? They've gotten the all-star J.D. Martinez. You know, he's had a huge bounce back year. Obviously, you still got, you know, Will Smith. He's one of the best catchers in baseball. Max Muncy is still his true three-outcome self, walking a lot, hitting a lot of home runs. He's like – him and Kyle Schwarber are like the same guy, basically, at this point. You know, they're just hit home runs, walk, and and, and strike out, you know. So, um and then you've got James Altman, young outfielder. He's been really, really good for them as well. He's he's made a lot of really good plays, had a lot of big hits. And they've also carved out a really nice role for Jason Hayward as well. And Jason Hayward's yeah. putting up some really, really good numbers as well this year. And he plays, he still can play some good defense for the Dodgers. So uh yeah, they've they've they found a way to use the players properly that they have. And that seems like what the Dodgers always do. They they carve out roles for guys and they can use guys the exact way they're supposed to be used. So that shows how great their organization has been. But their pitching has been bad. I mean, it's been some injuries. Kershaw has been great when healthy, but he's been hurt for a couple months. But it's been a lot of underperforming. Arias has been yeah. hurt, bad, and underperformed. Uh, overall, they're 20th in ERA, but their starters are more middle of the pack in war, and their relievers are still top 10 in war as well. So they haven't been, like, awful, awful. But it's not what you expect from the Dodgers. I mean, that you expect the Dodgers to have one of the five best pitching staffs in baseball, and they have not been that. They have been middle of the pack to below average pitching staff in baseball so far. But – they do have the guys to turn it around. And I know a lot of Dodgers fans didn't like what they did at the deadline. I actually really like what they did at the deadline. They brought in a couple of guys that are, you know, some guys that are going to make their team better and they didn't strap themselves for the future. So you bring back Joe Kelly and Kike Hernandez, obviously that, you know, they already fit in that clubhouse. They already know their roles. They've already been on the team and they have tons of playoff experience. They brought in Ahmed Rosario, who has been not very good defensively his entire career, but he at least gives them another option at short. And, you know, they didn't have to give up a lot for him. And you get Lance Lynn, who's been bad, but if there's any team, like we were talking about, if there's any team who can optimize and get the most out of a veteran starting pitcher who used to be elite, it's the Dodgers. So I think this team is still going to win the division and still put themselves in a position to take another shot at the NLCS or the World Series. So, And they still have the ammo for the offseason to go try to get Shohei Otani as well. So I like what the Dodgers have done, and I like like their outlook a lot more uh, since the the All-Star break. 
Yeah, I agree. They're kind of stabilizing a little bit. It seemed like, you know, they were they were fairly streaky early on in the year. I think they started off not as hot as we thought they were, and then they got hot, and then they went a little bit cold, and now it seems like they're more in that kind of classic Dodgers rhythm where they're just winning most mm-hmm. of the series that they play. Um, and yeah, like you said, it's because of their offense, Betts and Freeman having MVP caliber years, and Acuna's going to spoil it for them, uh, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, you look at the IL for the Dodgers and it's pretty extensive right now. I mean, Bueller hopefully is coming back soon. Uh, I don't know what the timetables are in Kershaw or May, but if those guys come back, that'll add a lot to the rotation. And I think May's uh, out for Arias, the year. May's out for the year. Kershaw's going to be back soon. Okay. That's, I figured Kershaw would be back pretty soon. And it seems like Urias is having had a nice bounce back start um, in his last one, but I think that was against the A's, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's, it, that, that's kind Doesn't of, an, that's kind of an easy bounce back, but yeah, a lot of the yeah. younger pitchers that they brought in have, have been okay. Uh, Bobby Miller, I think being, being, being the best of those. And yeah, Lance Lynn is a, a great kind of, um, you, you know exactly what you're going to get from him, uh, which mm-hmm. I think is kind of what they need right now. They need that certainty in, in, in the rotation, but, um, yeah, I, I had them on the, I, I took their under win total in a, in one of our preseason predictions and, I still think it's going to be close, but I'm not feeling as close. I'm not feeling as good about it uh, as I did, mm-hmm. you know, before the All Star break. Um, and yeah, they, it was interesting. They got Kike and Ahmed Rosario. I, mm-hmm. I, I one one of the two of those I can see it, but both was interesting. But obviously, Kike is like, yeah. even if he plays like shit, like you love to have him in on that team. Like, oh, he's he's the coolest. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I really mean, like what they did. Yeah, and, and like I said, Kike's got that playoff experience too. I mean, we saw yeah. him in the in one of those Red Sox, one of the runs with the Red Sox too. He was going off in the playoffs. Like we've seen him hit tons of big home runs for the Dodgers. So again, if you're they're and they're going to be throwing him in, in the playoffs, they're throwing him eight nine hole. You know, so it's not like you know yeah. you're, you're relying on Kike Hernandez to hit you know you know eight hundred OPS type guy. But when you've got all those other guys in the lineup that produce the 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 you know the level that they do, you get down to Kike Hernandez at the bottom. You're like, oh, thank God I got Kike. And then as soon as you think that, boom homer to tie the game or to take the lead you right. know so um it's a it's a that's that's why i like that addition so much it's you know and he already knows how to fit into the to the, the clubhouse who saw his first game back he was like twerking in the dugout or whatever he was doing you know he's oh, yeah he's a he's a extremely fun guy and he he's a really good clubhouse guy so yeah i really really like what the dodgers have done for sure they've they've they're gonna be right up there obviously i'd still favor the braves uh, in the in the nl but i mean as far as other teams in the national league they've got to be at the top of that list, you know, as far as, you know, best teams in the National League. But, Taylor, I'm going to go back to you. What's in, Give me another team, man, another team whose outlook has changed since the All-Star break. I'm going to switch it up and go slightly negative with this one. Uh, we're going we're gonna to travel over to the worst division in baseball, uh, which is the yes. AL Central. Uh, I, my outlook on the Twins has gone down a little bit. Uh, just because I'm surprised they didn't do, like, anything to bolster that offense a little bit, you know, they right now that division is theirs if they can play 500 baseball for the rest of the year, but their offense has been so bad that I really expected them to get somebody, you know, like a Carlos Santana or like a Mark Canna, I think would have been a really good addition uh, to their lineup. And they, they just kind of didn't really do anything. And the guardians also had a very similarly like pedestrian uh, trade deadline where they basically swapped Bell for Segura's contract, which I'm sure had positive financial implications for them, but it's like uh, they're just not doing anything. And it's like Nothing. you have a chance 
to actually win this division and and do something like why won't you why won't you just take it like you're you're almost getting a free ticket to the to the playoffs if you're the twins and you can just get like a couple guys and you don't do it like i don't know i don't know how to feel about them at this point I don't know either. Uh, I know how to feel about the AL Central, though. It's disgusting. It's terrible. I hate it. Uh, I don't want it to exist. It's some of the worst baseball in baseball. Uh, You have one of the worst teams in the Kansas City Royals. You have one of the most disappointing teams in the Chicago White Sox. You have the Detroit Tigers. Uh, And then, obviously, you have the Guardians and the Twins, who are the class of the division. So uh, it's it's horrible. I, I, I hate everything about it. The Twins, like you said, they needed offense because Carlos Correa has been terrible offensively this year. Byron Buxton has not been what you expect Byron Buxton to be. I mean, he has as far as, you know, consistently getting injured. He's been that. Yeah. But as far yeah. as as far as his bat goes, he has not been that. Uh, you know, Joey Gallo, obviously, you're going to get Joey Gallo numbers. You're going to get the strikeouts. You're going to get the walks. You're going to get the home runs. Um, so and, and then the rest of the guys batting average. Yeah, it's it's that's Joey Gallo. You know, that's that's yeah. what he is at this point, you know. So and, and then the rest of the guys on the team, are, Donovan Solano has been good. You know, he's or is that Solano? Is that Castro? That's Willie Castro. Twenty eight stolen bases yeah. for Willie Castro. Look at you, bro. No, look at you go. Yeah. And Donovan Solano has been good, too. So, you know, there are a couple of guys who, you know, are a little bit under the radar who've been solid for them. But like you said, they need offense and they just don't have any. And it makes me believe that they know that this is not like a, a team that's going to do anything in the playoffs. And they're just like, you know. We'll, you know, we'll win the division. We'll go to the playoffs, but you know, we'll, and we'll just see how it goes from there, but we're not going to, yeah, we're not going to spend any resources to try and and bolster this club because this club is just, just doesn't have it, you know? So, uh, yeah, again, this, this, the, the twins team is blah. The division is blah. Everything AL central is blah. Uh, I I don't want it in my life. I just don't, it's, it's something that I do not enjoy. Uh, but I will go back to you, Taylor. I'm guessing you may not be as positive as I just was on the AL Central. So give me another team whose outlook has changed since the trade deadline. Or, or right, since I'll, the Yeah, I'll flip and do a, a, a little bit more of a positive one real quick. And that's the Phillies. Um, I love them getting mm-hmm. Lorenzen. Uh, and they're in a wild card spot right now. And I think that only helps their chances. Like their rotation is solid now. Um, and I think they're in position to finish the year really strong. Can they, are they a World Series contender? Can they beat the Braves? I don't know, but also I had the same feelings last year and we know how that turned out for them. Uh, And 16 of their last games of the year, uh, they've got the Braves for three of them. And then 13 of those games are against teams that are just like so depressing and so down bad. Uh, And that's the Cardinals, the Mets and the Pirates. Um, So if they're in one of those wild card spots going into those last couple of weeks, I would be shocked if they end up blowing it and losing it. So uh, and I think adding to their pitching depth is only going to help them down the stretch. So I, I feel good about the Phillies right now. I like where they're at. Yeah, if they can just get Trey Turner going, man, like he's oh, he's been gosh, really, yeah. really bad all year. You know, so if they can get Trey Turner going, you know, that's going to help their team out a whole hell of a lot. You know, obviously you still got if you can get Bryce Harper hitting home runs again, like he for some reason he's not hitting homers. You know, he's only got five homers all year, you know. So if you can get yeah. Bryce Harper and Trey Turner going, you know, Castellanos is having a solid year. Kyle Schwarber is going to do Kyle Schwarber things. He, his numbers actually look a lot like Joey Votto, right? Or, or Joey Gallo, excuse me, yeah. right now. Uh, just terrible average walks and home runs. Uh, but and obviously you still have JT Real Muto. Brandon Marsh is having a nice year. Bryson Stott's having a nice year. So you've got a nice team around these guys. Again, if they can get hot down the stretch, you know, who knows? This is a this is a team that could definitely you know make a, a a potential postseason run just like they did last year. So like you said, that rotation is a lot better. You know they've still got some guys at the end of the bullpen who can be a little bit hit and miss. 
Uh, but again, they were hit and miss last year and they got hot in the playoffs. So yeah, we'll see with the, Phil- with the Phillies. They certainly have the talent and they certainly can get it done. Um, but I'm going to move to a team uh, who has the talent and could get it done. And they just are not. Uh, and that is going to be my baseball team, the New York Yankees. So we weren't in a great spot at the All-Star break. We were seven games over 500 and a game out of the last wild card spot. But considering how things were at the time, as far as injuries and underperformances went, I didn't think it was that bad. I thought, you know, hey, you know, we could, you know, if we, again, I'm getting so, I'm getting so tired of saying the word if with the Yankees. I'm getting so, so gonna, exhausted with the. For our next episode, I'm going to get like a bell and I'm going to put it like right here. And it's going to be like the, every time we Yankees say like, if the Yankees stay healthy or something, and I'm going to ring Yankees, it every time we have to say Yankees. that. Yankees if counter. Yeah, that yeah. would be in the it would be in the hundreds for sure, uh, because yeah. it's literally every single time we talk about the Yankees, it's if. And again, w- at the All-Star break, I was doing the what if game. I was like, oh, man, if, if, you know, Judge comes back and he's good and if Stanton can get hot and if Rizzo can get hot. Well, everything it's it, it just got worse. Everything got worse. Everyone continues to underperform outside of Judge and Garrett Cole. Glaber's been OK. And some of the bullpen has been good. Clay Holmes has actually been really good, too. Yeah, but it's been it's it's just been bad. I mean, this Anthony Rizzo situation is one of the oddest situations I've ever seen for an injury. Like he's had a concussion or just been out of it or just like been tripping for yeah. the last three months. That's why he's been terrible. How are we just uh, finding and, out about and, this? And we just found out about it. It's insane. Yeah. Uh, obviously, then, I mean, a situation crazier than that is the Domingo Herman situation, oh, who man. is going to have one of the craziest documentaries come out about him 10 years from now. Uh, I mean, this year, this year alone, he was suspended for yeah. sticky stuff. He gave up 10 runs in a single start. He pitched one of the 24 perfect games in baseball history. And now this crazy, you know, alcohol abuse incident that which, you know, from a human perspective, I obviously have empathy for, you know, we all struggle with things on a day to day and we're trying to find ways to cope and, you know, ways to overcome. But strictly from an organizational perspective about what the best move for the team would be at this point. I mean, you just got to move on. He's become a huge distraction in the locker room. It's, It's something always seems to be going on with him. And for a guy who's your fourth or fifth or sixth starter, it's just not worth it. So, but for the team as a whole, come the trade deadline, listen, I think all of us Yankees fans were in the same boat. Okay. We just wanted you to pick a lane. Okay. We just wanted you to pick a lane. Okay. There, there's been a lot of Yankees platforms talk about it. We either wanted you to sell the vets yeah. and, or, or try to buy and try to make a run. And neither is what happened. Okay. No disrespect to Keenan Middleton or Spencer Howard, the two relievers they acquired. As an aside, you know someone's about to say something extremely disrespectful when they say they preface their comments with no disrespect. <laughs> but I truly mean no disrespect when I say this. We don't want or care about either of you. We wanted guys who could legitimately help this team, like a left-handed bat in left field, like we talked about earlier, or a starter, or literally anything else, like anyone who could help the offense who's been terrible. Or we wanted you to trade all the underperforming vets. You know, if, if guys wanted Bader or, you know, if teams wanted Bader or IKF, or for some reason they wanted, you know, out of it Rizzo or hell, even Glaber or hell, if teams wanted to take on the DJ and Stanton contracts, I would have been for it. Listen, but not this. Okay. This is, this is what I did not want. Okay. And listen, uh, as soon as I thought this team was done, they showed flashes of being a good ball club. Again, it was the last game of the race series and the first game of the Astro series, albeit with our two best starters, you know, Garrett Cole, who by the way, is the clear AL favorite for the Cy Young right now, I think. And Clark Schmidt, who has been their second best starter, where if you would have told me he was going to be our second best starter at the beginning of the year, maybe I would have said, yeah, we're in trouble. But it's a uh, it, listen, all that is to say, I, I, I don't know how to feel, man. And that's the most frustrating place 
to be as a fan or as a player or as an executive or as a coach or as a human being in general. I want to either feel happy, like I'm on the right track, or I want to feel like I'm sad and on the wrong track and, you know, <laughs> change needs to be made. But I'm neither, and it's annoying. So fix it for the love of God. It is so brutal to be a New York Yankees fan right now. I hate it. It's it's the most frustrating thing ever. Yeah, man, I feel like we're we're in this – we we're in this state with this team and I feel like it's been like this the last couple of years where we're living series to series this time of year. It's like, well, if this series goes well, then like maybe they're going to turn it around. And then, you know, seven series go by and you're in the same position you were seven series ago. Uh, Yeah. I was a little frustrated by the lack of commitment there. Cause like, there's a lot they could do to trim fat on that roster. And I feel like there are like marginal improvements that they could have made that they didn't, um, and I don't think the bullpen was like really the biggest place of need for the team necessarily. Like and a couple other team. relievers are nice when you are need, you know, to just like refresh the bullpen for, you know, like chasing a wild card spot. But I don't know, man, the but baseball reference has their playoff odds or at least their wild card odds at like 11.7%. And I think they're probably a little lower than that, to be honest, just given how, good a lot of the teams in the AL are and it's just like I'm just frustrated because this lineup is obviously not the answer and there's it just doesn't seem that they're really doing much about it like we we basically have a bunch of guys a bunch of 4A guys and a bunch of waiver players some of who are are playing pretty well you know Jake Bowers and Billy McKinney have have slotted in and and been good at times but we need we need change, and I, I know that's a common refrain from Yankees fans. But I feel like it's just been so stale the last couple of years, and this was an opportunity I felt to unload a lot of these older guys. And perfect, it's tough because I'm sure you know you know what team is going to want to take on a, a Josh Donaldson. I mean, he's he's hurt. Oh, yeah. He's got a lot of money Almost. owed to him. Like, what are they going to mm-hmm. get back for that? But it's like at this point of the year, it's like if you really want if you really want to sell or if you really want to just play this like middling game where you're not doing anything, let's bring the young guys up. Let's get the young guys experience. I think, I think this is the perfect time to get like Oswald Peraza back up. And like, I know Oswaldo Cabrera has been struggling, but it's like, hell get him back up. Like let him figure it out because he's obviously shown that he's got, he's got talent. And it's like, let's just start bringing some guys up and, and, and giving them reps at this point. If, if we're middling and not sure what to do, because then worst case scenario, we're right. We're still in the same spot. Best case scenario. These guys get some great experience and, figure some things out. So yeah, I'm, I'm also frustrated with the uh, kind of lack no, of direction with that whole, with everything in that organization right now. No doubt. And that's, it's what it is. It's just a lack of direction. And listen, I know obviously we both love Stanton and we're both, you know, huge Giancarlo Stanton fans, but at this point in his career, he's not the MVP caliber player anymore. You know, he's a hot and cold guy. If he's hot, he looks like the MVP caliber player. If he's cold, he doesn't even look like a big leaguer anymore. You know? So it's, he's, he's so hot and cold that you know, and, and he doesn't play good defense. He rarely plays the outfield anymore. So he's hogging up that D, the, the DH spot in the lineup. It gives the lineup a lot less versatility. So, again, I love Stanton. If we get to the playoffs, I'm, I'm praying we get to the playoffs. And if we have Stanton in our lineup, obviously we see, we see what he can do, you know, down the stretch and in the playoffs. He's uh, He's been proven at this point of what he can do. But you can't tell me a team that's trying to go for it, say like the Angels, 
you can't tell me that someone oh, like the yeah. Angels wouldn't have traded for Giancarlo Stanton. Like, I guarantee you, if we were listening on calls for Giancarlo Stanton, I guarantee you somebody like that would have traded for Giancarlo yeah. Stanton. You know, it's tricky that with puts the Angels a bit specifically of a, because, they because, sh- they because Shohei, yeah. Shohei is just is also plugging up the DH spot, and then you have to put mm-hmm. Stanton in the field. Because, yeah, like you said, that's kind of the problem he is for the Yankees right now. And, and there are a couple of, like the Astros are another team where it's like you kind of need that spot for like Jordan, basically, and like, mm-hmm. You know, maybe rotate him in and out, but yeah, like there, there are a bunch of teams that could use a Stanton. Bunch of teams, yeah. There's a bunch of teams that would have traded him. So if we were actually like moving in the direction that we should have been, I think he's a name that would have been on the move. And again, I love Stanton. Stanton's been. Yeah. I've had a lot of great Yankees moments with Giancarlo Stanton, but it's just he's he's just hurt too often. He's just too inconsistent at this point. He's either on a heater or it's just absolute as as cold as anybody can be. So. Um, I, I wanted to bring up one other thing as far as the Yankees go, because I, I was talking to one of my buddies uh, and we were talking. He was talking about he's a Giants fan. and He was talking about what the Giants wanted at the trade deadline. And he was like, oh, Giants, I want, you know, a, a, maybe a couple starters, a healthy Mitch Hanniger and, you know, 2021 Michael Conforto. That's, you know, what I want for the Giants is what he said. And I was like, well, you speaking of, you know, I was like, well, yeah. And then I was like, speaking <laughs> of underperforming players who I want, I was like, I want healthy judge 2017 Stanton and Seve, 2016 Rizzo, 2019 DJ and Glaber, 2023 spring training Volpe, 2022 postseason <laughs> Bader, 2022 Nestor and Rodon and 2015 jo- Josh Donaldson. That's all that I need. Yeah. That's is that, it, you know. Is that that much to ask for? It's not that much to ask, you yeah. know. It's just like it's the and the, and the fact that I'm giving all those names and like all those names who used to be good who just aren't good anymore. It's like that's what our team is. It's it's a bunch of big names that you know that the Yankees always have. The, we always have our big names. We've got all the big names we need and zero of the production besides you know besides Garrett Cole and Aaron Judge when he's healthy. You know, so it's it's an extremely frustrating place to be from a Yankees fan perspective and uh, I hate it. I hate everything about it. So I'm going to stop talking about that now and I'm going to go back to you, Taylor. Uh, (laughs) Give me another team whose, whose outlook has changed since the all-star break. You're going to hate me because the next team I have is just, is it's just going to pour salt into the wound here. Uh, I think the Astros improved their outlook by getting Verlander. Uh, I think that's a great reunion. You know, I don't think he's going to be the same Verlander that we saw in Houston. Obviously a lot's happened since then, but I mean, they they needed a little bit of pitching depth. They got it, and they're they're right back on you know they're right on the Rangers' heels for that division. Um, and we kind of expected that. You know, that's this is a team we've revisited a lot. Even when they were kind of struggling in the beginning and had a bunch of injuries, we were like, they're they're probably or at least I was. I, I I've always thought you know they're going to be fine. That there's not really a reason to panic about them. And now Altuve and and uh, Jordan are back. Tucker's playing great. Uh, Yaner Diaz is coming out of nowhere and, and just crushing the ball. Uh, I mean, they could definitely win that division still. Um, and I think their outlook is a lot better now. Taylor, I'm going to call you out for one thing that you said. You said you were never panicked on the Astros. We had an episode called Panic okay. or Patience I said earlier I was, in the season, and you I said wasn't panic. panicked. I wasn't panicked. I said I'm close. Okay, maybe we would have to look it back up. But I, I, <laughs> I did qualify it with something like I'm a little bit panicked right now, but they can turn it around or something. Uh, that was a long time ago, Matt. I don't remember what I said. Um, <laughs> but you but, said never, though. You said you were never panicked about the Astros. Okay. Okay. You well, said I, panic. Okay, you're right. You're right. I was I, there. Was yeah. I probably shouldn't have said I was never panicked. I was never that panicked about them, just because of how good they are. Um, and and since Bregman and and Tucker uh, have turned it around, like they're they're just, they're looking like the Astros again. 
and they're going to make the playoffs. So, um, yeah, no, I mean, I mean, no doubt. And it's, it's frustrating, obviously, like you said, Bregman, Bregman's turned it around. Even, you know, Jose Abreu's full season numbers yeah. don't look good, but he's been, he's been a yeah. lot better as of late. Um, because I mean, obviously he just started off so terrible that, you know, he's, oh, so he bad. hasn't, you know, his, 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 his full season numbers are just lost. Like you're just not going to have a good full yeah. season after the way he started. Well, um, and they can only get better at this point too. His numbers can't really get worse oh my gosh, yeah. than they were the first couple you months cannot. of the year. Yeah. Yeah, you cannot. He was really, really bad. So yeah, he's uh, he's obviously gotten a lot better. Uh, Jeremy Pena hasn't been as good as they no. would have hoped this season, yeah. especially coming off of that uh, you know historic postseason he had last year, both ALCS and World Series MVP. But you know, obviously we saw what he did in the ALCS and the World Series. So if it comes down time, they're obviously going to be in the playoffs. So you're you're not looking forward to facing Jeremy Pena if you're a, a, a team you know opposing them. Obviously, they just got Jordan Albert. I mean, they've had a lot of injuries this year. Altuve has only played 40 games. Jordan's only played 65 games. You know, they've had injuries to their, you know, those. I think in my opinion, those are the two best offensive players. And, you oh. know, they're still a half game out of a, they're still a half game out of a, uh, of a playoffs of the, of the, or, or are they a half game out? There might be a couple games out of the Rangers right now, but still they're close to the Rangers, you know, and the, and the Rangers are, have been really, really good, you know? So, yeah. And like you said, this, this pitching man, if the, if the Cy Young is not going to, uh, Garrett Cole, it's going to go to Framber Valdez. You know, he's he's having another really, really good yeah. season. He just threw a no-hitter. You know, uh, Hunter Brown has kind of fallen off a little bit. Christian Javier hasn't hasn't been nearly as good as last year either. Um, yeah, but J.P. France has, coming in, has came in for them and been really, really good. Uh, and obviously, you know, they just got Justin Verlander and that bullpen. I, I still, uh, I'd still be nervous okay. if I was facing that bullpen because yeah. that's still really, really good. So. They yeah, also have Astros, man. coming back soon, I think, who, you know, that's not a, a super flashy name, but he'll eat innings. You know, he's I, I think he's he's kind of a 100 ERA plus guy, maybe a little bit less mm-hmm. than that. So he'll provide a little bit more stability to the rotation as well. Yeah. And listen, when it when it comes down time to the playoffs, I mean, there's no team more experienced in the playoffs than these guys at this point. So. Um. Yeah, I I just don't like the Astros. What do you want me to yeah. say? Just, I I do like, think. I mean, as far as division races go, I think that's the one that I'm most excited to see play out is between the two be Texas teams, Rangers and yeah. Rangers and Astros. I think that's going to be that's going to go down to the wire, and I think that's going to be a really exciting one. And we saw it. Arms race at the deadline. One of them gets Scherzer. One of them gets Verlander. They're yeah. they're trying to load up for that for that and you know that last couple of months of the regular season. And and you know both of them are both of them are one of that. I mean their only goal is the World Series. You know that's both of their teams' yeah. only goal. So I'm guessing they're going to have to run into each other. You know a, a bunch of times regular season and a bunch of times in the playoffs too if they want to both accomplish their goals. So yeah, yeah, it's going it to be like, going to be looks like September fourth, fifth, and sixth. They uh, they have a series. Huge series, yeah. Uh, that'll be a really, that'll be a really, really big series, and I'm, I'm gonna carve out as much time as I can to watch those ones because those will probably be definitely be some interesting matchups. Well, too, we saw the beef earlier this year too. With it was, uh, it was Simeon and uh, uh, Simeon and Framber Valdez, and it was after who? Yeah. Somebody on the Astros pimped a home run or something like that, and Simeon didn't like it. Or no, somebody on the Astros, somebody, I think Heaney Heaney hit. No, it was Heaney hit Alvarez, and then. Right. Uh, Yep. And then they came back and hit Simeon and then Simeon hit Obama and was talking shit. So yeah, that's yeah. That, from a, from a former athlete's perspective and from a baseball fan and just like, just like loves the entertainment aspect of baseball perspective. I love that stuff that adds, you know, drama to every single matchup that they have. Cause you never know if there's going to be benches are going to clear. Somebody's going to get hit. Something's going to happen. So yeah. yeah, it's looking like a true rivalry in the AL West. And that's exactly 
what all of us baseball fans want. So shout out to the Astros. I mean, not shout out to the Astros. Actually, I'm not gonna shout, out to <laughs> shout out to the Rangers uh, for for making this a, a legitimate rivalry. So uh, Taylor, I'm going back to you. Give me another one of these teams, man. What are these teams whose outlook is different than it was from the All Star break? Uh, I'll keep this one quick because this is another team I've talked about ad nauseum, and it's the Marlins. Uh, they made some. I mean, granted, they did have an interesting trade deadline. I think Robertson and Josh Bell are are good pickups for them. Jake Berger could be good, and ultimately, like you can't go wrong moving on from Segura at this point in his career because this has been just a, like we talked about earlier. Just from every point of view, it's just been a bad, bad year for him. Uh, I just still think this team is on the outside looking in when it comes to the wild card race. They still seem to think that they're good, and I still seem to think that they're not. Um, in our last episode, they were one of the teams I talked about where I was like, coming out of the All-Star break, you might see them lose a bunch of games, and they did go on a bit of a losing streak, and they've, 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 they've turned on a bit of a – they've turned the corner a little bit, and I think they're you know closer to 500 over the last week or so. But still, this is just my, – my outlook for them is still worse, and I, I just don't believe in them. Yeah, I mean, eight-game losing streak. Three of them were to the Orioles. I mean, obviously, we talked about the Orioles. either one of the best teams in baseball. But the next five were to the Cardinals and the Rockies. So uh, yeah. not not a great stretch for them, obviously. No. Uh, and then, you know, you were talking about they've been better. It looks like they were, you know, five and six, five and seven in their last 12, you know. So it's like it's yeah. not like they've been, like, turning it around. They still haven't no. been good, you know. So. Yeah, we, you you you've been talking about the Marlins a lot this year. We we've probably been some of the most Marlins conversation uh, in in baseball this year, just because like they've been such like you've, you've talked about it a lot. They're such a weird team. Like they should not yeah. have the record they have right now. They should be they should be ten games under five hundred right now with the with the with yeah. the team that they have, and they're five games over. So yeah, even if they get to the playoffs, like this is not. No, this is not a team that's doing anything in the playoffs. And, and, you know, and sending Yuri Perez down is a huge blow for them. I mean, he was lights out for, you know, his last couple. And I think that's the right move in the long run, too. Like, you know, he's obviously going to be a big part of their future and it's not worth burning him out now. Um, But, yeah, just a weird year for them all around. Alcantara being having just a, a, a bizarre year following up a Cy Young year. And just like the approach that the front office has had towards building this roster, like we've talked about, it's like, you know, maybe two or three years ago, you know, Yuli Gurriel and Gene Segura would have been the answer. You know, you know, obviously they were valuing these more contact, you know, bat to ball guys, which I think is not a terrible strategy. I think those guys are undervalued in the market right now, just because of how OPS obsessed everybody is. Uh, Yeah. But it just, the, the specific players they got to try and complete that strategy just weren't the right moves. Um, and I, I think they're they're trying to kind of double back now with like, these Jake Berger type moves, and it's like, oh well, maybe we should add a little bit of power. And it's like, well, it's too late. Uh, and also, <laughs> Jake Berger has not been good, but he might also just be a change of scenery guy. And you know, obviously, it was pretty miserable yeah. there in Chicago. So we'll see what happens with him. But yeah, still, my my outlook just continues to linearly decline on on the Marlins. The more I see from them. Yeah, and listen, we uh, we deserve to give Luis Arise another shout out. Still hitting three seventy six. Yeah. We're in August, you know, so he's been really, really good. Jorge Soler is having a really good year. He's hit a yeah. bunch of homers and stuff like that, and you know, so shout out to those two. But Taylor, you can get on your high horse a little bit about Jazz Chisholm and getting hurt playing center field if you want, because he has not played all. He's played forty nine games, you know, and he's been hurt yeah. the entire season, you know. So I, yeah. um, it's uh, it's unfortunate because he's an exciting player. Yeah, it's one of those things that you know I, I'm not 
I, I definitely like it, it was so obvious to me that that was going to happen. And it's one of those things, you know, you don't want to be read about because, you know, baseball's better mm-hmm. with jazz on the field. But it's like you've got this okay. guy with that specific injury history. Why would you put him in a more physically demanding position that he hasn't played before like that? It's just obvious to me. You know, it's not like I played baseball at a high level, but I've played enough baseball that I know that the positions are physically demanding in different ways. And center field is is very physically demanding. And, you know, Mm -hmm. Jazz is a guy that's diving and jumping all over the place. And it's like, do you really want to put him in a spot where he's going to be doing that more to like increase his risk of injury for, you know, the specific things that he's had problems with? And yeah, it's a it's a bummer. It's a bummer that they uh, that they didn't just leave him at second. Yeah, definitely stinks. Yeah, I mean, that's the cost of getting, you know, the best contact hitter in baseball right now, though, in, Elite, in, in Luis Arise. So at what cost is is Yeah, but you could put him at first. You could put Arise at first. That's true. Like, he, yeah, you he can play a couple other spots. And, and yeah. you know, I've, I've, I've also been on the train since very early on in this Quest for 400 uh, saga that he's, he's not going to hit 400. But I no. also think that we shouldn't, like you just shouted him out, it's like, yeah, he's still hitting 370. Like that's still insane. Like people should dude, like yeah. I feel like people are going to be disappointed if he doesn't hit 400 and it's like man, he's kind of the reason, a big reason why the Marlins have won all these one-run games. Like yep. that's he's a big big part of why they're winning those games, why they have the record they do. So, he deserves a lot of love despite the fact that I don't think he's going to hit 400. It's still very very impressive what he's doing and he's 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 kind of one of the most against the grain players in the league right now and I love that about him. No doubt. Yeah. He's also has, he has 410 at bats this year and 25 strikeouts. So like the, he, he, he does not strike out. It doesn't happen. He's got more walks than he does strikeouts. That's how, you know, someone is really, really good at putting the ball in play and has a a, a tremendous eye. So yeah, shout out to, again, shout out to Luisa rise. You're one of the best players in baseball and people don't talk about you enough, but yeah, this Marlins team, I think we're both on the same page with this one. This is just not a, a contender of a team right now, but I'm going back to you, Taylor. Do you have another team? whose outlook has changed since the, the uh, All-Star break. I've got one more, and uh, this one kind of pains me a little bit because this team has been an enigma to project, and it's the Angels, man. They, uh, they've, they've had points in the year where it seemed like they're getting it together. They're starting to fire as a team. They're, they're getting going, you know, but then Trout goes down, and, you know, they've lost the first two games to the series and the Mariners. And, you know, if they they basically have to start today, they need to start winning today for me to believe in them right now. Shockingly, actually, for me, baseball reference has their playoff odds at four point one percent, which feels pretty low for them. Um, but also like they're they're starting to get down pretty bad right now. Um, and you know, they were kind of deadline buyers. I put that in quotes because I don't think they were really buying to improve their team. I think they're buying to fill in all the holes that have been left by injuries for them. Uh, cause if you look on their IL, I mean, this is something I hadn't really even looked at until I was getting ready for this episode. It's like, they basically have a whole lineup's worth of guys on the IL right now. It's, it's pretty rough, uh, for them. And, you know, Grichik and Crone aren't going to move the needle for them that much, but they will be solid re- replacements. And, you know, Giolito, I think is, is definitely an improvement over you know, most of the other guys in their staff over a larger sample size, but he got just absolutely blown up in his second start. Um, so that doesn't like give you a whole lot of confidence. And, you know, even if they stay kind of afloat until trout gets back, it's like, even then, if, if they go on a hot streak, I don't think that's going to be enough. Um, and, you know, this is also a team that's just kind of further depleted its farm system by, 
these deadline moves. And I think they're trying to make it a point to show, Hey, that, that, you know, we're still trying to stay competitive. Like, please don't be too mad at us, but they had so much more to gain by selling and they had so much leverage with him. I understand why they didn't like, you know, if, if I was the owner of an organization, I would not want to sell Shohei at the deadline. But if I was a GM who's focused, you know, on the organization over a longer period of time, I would absolutely want to. So I think there were probably very two competing forces there at the deadline. But at this point, it's like, how much more disappointment can Mike Trout take? How much more can Otani do for them? Like you saw him after the last game that that they lost. You know, he came out because of some hand cramps in his start, but still went like two for two at the plate. I think he had a couple singles, a couple walks, stole a base, just like doing the stuff he's been doing all year that at a certain point, you know, we might be taking for granted just because it's uh, so overwhelming at the, r- the rate he's doing all this at. Um, but he's got to be physically and emotionally exhausted and he's still balling out. And it's just like, oh, God. You, you got to feel bad for him. He was, he was almost in tears after that game. Cause it's like how much yeah. he's the one guy like baseball is a team game, but he's the one guy that it's like, he can win a game by himself. He can go he up can. there and pitch and create runs on his own and do it. But it's like, at a certain point, this is this is a 500 team at best. And as much as I want to see Otani and Trout in the playoffs this year, if they make it to the playoffs, I don't think the Angels have the juice to really do anything. So, like, what what are we even doing here? Why why not sell Otani? But yeah, I don't know. I said I, I wanted. I there was a brief window of time where I was I believed in the Angels a little bit before the All Star break, and now now I'm just not, I feel bad for him. I have yeah. a pretty bad outlook on them now and for the next couple of years. Well, I mean, you, I mean, you talked about it, Taylor, the, just the amount that Shohei was doing. I, I pulled up the angel stat page uh, while you were talking and I got a, I got a chuckle out of it because I mean, when you pull up this, I'm just on the regular ESPN stat page and it'll show like the team leaders at the top, like for the notable stats, uh, batting average, Shohei Otani, home runs, Shohei Otani, RBI, Shohei Otani, on base percentage, Shohei Otani, hits, Shohei Otani, triples, Shohei Otani, stolen bases, Shohei Otani, uh, the OPS, Shohei Otani, war, Shohei Otani, ERA, Shohei Otani, <laughs> like strikeouts, Shohei Otani, like yeah. it's wins, Shohei Otani, like there's not much more this guy can possibly do, you know, and the fact that even with, I mean, there's there's a lot of names on this team. You know, there's a lot of solid names on this team. Like you mentioned, you just got C.J. Crone. Brandon Drury is having a good year. He got hurt. You know, there's a lot of Anthony Rendon. Yeah. Obviously, he's been in and out. Logan O'Hoppy was having Logan a great O'Hoppy, year. Zach Neto. Yeah. You know, there's there's good names on this team. And you look up, and Shohei Otani's having one of the greatest seasons in the history of baseball. And he's obviously, in my opinion, he's probably the greatest player in the history of baseball at this point yeah. already. You know, yeah. uh, and he's and it doesn't matter. They're they're one game above 500, so. It makes me believe, you know, even though the Angels obviously tried, and like you said, they had to try. I think, I, I, I think it, when you when there's a player like Shohei Otani, like you said, from a GM's perspective, maybe you want to get as much back for him as possible. But when there's a player like Shohei Otani, you have to do everything possible to keep that dude on your team. Like you have to, you have to try to keep him on the team. I know we talked about after the first game of the year potentially trading him, uh, but I mean, I think I think they did the right thing in doing everything possible they can to keep him, but. If you're Shohei Otani at this point, what am I doing here? You know, like yeah. I'm, I'm doing, I'm doing everything I possibly, I'm doing more than any person has ever done for a team in the history of baseball, and we are one game over 500. One game over 500. It's like there's not, there's not much more I can do, you know. And even Mike Trout, you know, if I'm Mike Trout, you know, I know I got a lot, I got, got a lot left on my deal. I might be like, dude, like it's time. Like, can you just trade me? Like, I'm, I'm getting yeah. so tired of this shit. 
Like I'm exhausted. Yeah. This is this is exhausting. Like you said, you saw the look on Otani's face. He looked like he was gonna cry. Like like he looked miserable. You know. So at a certain point, not only from a baseball perspective, but from like a a human being, like you just want to be happy in life perspective. Like even if the Angels are gonna pay you more money, like you got to go somewhere where you yeah. can win because as for for any athlete, like everything's everything's better when you win the game like everything is better like you could go i know for me when i was playing like i could go 0 for 4 4ks if we won i'm a happy guy like it's it's just better if you win the game you know so when and, and when you don't have to feel like i think for an athlete like shohei otani not having to feel like you have to do everything yes. would be such a weight off of his shoulders. He could he could play yes. so much freer. He might even get better if he went to a team like yeah. the Dodgers where he doesn't feel like he has to do everything every single day. No. He can take a day here and there where, you know, yeah. he knows that the team can still win a game when he's not on the field, you know. So I think for him going to a situation that he's actually going to enjoy life, you know, he's actually going to be yeah. able to win games and enjoy life. He's got to put that as a priority for him because right now he like it's, they don't look happy. They do not look happy being there. I think both no. of them should be really, really con- strongly considering getting out of Anaheim at this point. Yeah, I totally agree. And what's crazy to me is that, you know, Shohei obviously has the weight of Anaheim on his shoulders or, you know, Los Angeles, like Los Angeles, Angels of Anaheim, whatever they are, wherever they are (laughs) geographically in LA, I don't know LA well (laughs) enough. Um, But he like that whole team is on his shoulders. And under that immense pressure, he is still put together one of the best seasons of all time for any player. And to me, that's crazy. And like you said, like, that's why I think he's going to ultimately end up on the Dodgers is I think they're going to be able to, they might not offer him as much as the Mets or even the angels. Uh, but I, if I were him, I would take a little bit of a pay cut to go to a place where I know they're going to win 95 games yes. and where I am probably going to put them over the top to be a mm-hmm. world series contending team. And he doesn't have to go very far for that just right across town. And it's the Dodgers and he's going to get the star treatment of Hollywood. If he's not already getting it in Los Angeles, like he's just now he's basically going to like the top of the a list in Los Angeles. And if I were him, that's exactly what I would do. Like you said, it just takes a lot more pressure off of him. He gets to win and just focus on like being a baseball player rather than all this other like ancillary drama that comes along with being in Anaheim and, all like every sports talk show, you know, like we're just doing is like, why can't they win with Otani and Trout? And it's like, I he's got to be sick of that. Trout's got to be sick of that. Like, exhausted. Get out of there. Get out of there and go Listen, somewhere where where they're just going to focus on you being a god. Yeah, no doubt. And I mean, listen, I all, I love loyalty in sports. Like for for a player, I mean, I obviously I'm I, I love basketball too. I just got done recording an NBA episode as well. I'm a huge Spurs fan. Like Tim Duncan staying with the Spurs his entire career. You know, Dirk Nowitzki staying with the Mavericks. Kobe staying with the Lakers their entire career. Derek Jeter staying with the Yankees his entire career. You know, I love stuff like that. You know, but there certain most players there comes a time where it's like. You got to move on. Like we said that for my NBA fans who are watching this, like it came that's that's this year with Damian Lillard. Like he's been with the trailblazers for forever. They're not going anywhere. They know they're not going anywhere. They're going in a completely different direction. So he's got to go somewhere to compete. He made that decision. He requested a trade, right? That's where these two guys, it's, it's gotta be the same thing for these two guys. Like they gotta do, you gotta do what's best for you. There's no loyal from, from the GM perspective in sports and from the ownership perspective in sports, there is no loyalty. Like, and, and, bringing up a different uh, sport, a different perspective. Like the Patriots let Tom Brady go. 
The Patriots let Tom Brady go. Like one of the greatest players, the, the greatest player in the history of football, one of the greatest players in the history of the, of the sport, they let him go, right? So if you think that your franchise will just hold on to you forever and it's going to be all sunshines and rainbows, as soon as you suck, they're going to trade you, you know? So you got to do what's best for you at the end of the day. And the fact that your organization and the, the ha, hasn't put the rest of the players and the team around you that they need to put around you shows that there's not loyalty to you there either. So don't show loyalty to them. You got to do what's best for you. Go to a position that's going to get you happier in life. That's going to get you a position where you get people off your back and you can just play baseball and win games and have fun and show us your greatness because we know you're great. You show us your greatness every day, but we don't get to appreciate it as much because we don't get to see it in the postseason. We want to see the best players in the postseason. In order to do that, these two got to get out of L.A. or not not out of, out of not out of L.A. Maybe they go to the Dodgers, but they got to get out of the the Angels organization because it is just extremely frustrating at this point. Yeah, and you know all the the players you listed off that have been with the same team for you know their whole careers. Usually, that's because those teams are winning, winning. fairly regularly, and that's that's the part of the equation that's missing for the Angels. Because uh, you know if if the Yankees were losing, you know in you know the mid nineties, like. Uh, Jeter probably wouldn't have been there his whole career. Oh, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. you know, so it's, it's tough because that's going to be a blow for the Angels. Like you, you at that point, like you, you nuke your whole roster and you start from scratch and it's a full yep. rebuild. But that's kind of what they need at this point. They need they to need. just they need to just start over. And I feel like they're just kind of hanging on to, to some shred of like hope that they'll make the playoffs. And I just don't think that's that they really have the resources to do it. Yeah, they're like the they're like the action movie where like the person is like hanging off the cliff and like the person's like hanging onto their hand like don't don't let me go, don't let me go and they have like one finger left like holding yep. onto the person like the person's going to fall. Like that yeah. person is going to fall and it's die. It's inevitable. You know. Yeah. And that's what's going to happen with the angels, you know. So it's like just let go. Just just yeah. let go of the person. They're going to die. You can't hold on any longer. It's it, yep. it's it's over, you know. So yeah, it's it, again. I would have loved to see them succeed in in with the Angels. You know, I would have loved to see them. You know, at least make the playoffs. You know, somewhat consistently. It's just not going to happen. It's just it's just not. So at a certain point, you just got to decide to to move on and and you know do what's best for yourself. But that's going to be it for us today here on the Bush League segment here at House Call Sports. Thank you guys so much for watching. We've been gone for a little while, but we're back now. Okay, we are back. And better than ever, okay? I want to give a shout-out to all of our sponsors real quick before we leave officially. The first one I'm going to give a shout-out to is sportmemorabilia.com. That's the one-stop shop to get all your authentic sporting merchandise. We both have shopped there. I got some jerseys from there, some hats, a pullover-type long sleeve. Dodgers fans, if you want to pre-order your Shohei Otani Dodgers jerseys, hit the link in the description to get all your merchandise at sportmemorabilia.com. We're also sponsored by StubHub. No matter the event, StubHub has the tickets for you. StubHub sports, concert, and theater tickets as low as $6. If you don't remember Taylor saying he went to the Cubs game and he got his tickets. Where do you think he got his tickets at? StubHub. So hit the link in the description to go get your tickets at StubHub today. We're also sponsored by Fubo TV, the world's only sport-focused live TV streaming service. It's got top leagues and teams plus popular shows, movies, and news for the entire household. There is no hidden fees. Go get a free trial. Browse available plans. I've used Fubo. I loved it. You get tons of channels. You can watch tons of sports. You can watch MLB. You can watch college baseball. You can watch basketball, football, hockey, badminton, whatever the hell you want to watch, okay? Hit the link in the description to go check that out. And if you are a bro who's up real early like I am, it is 8.43. I've been up since 5. This is my second episode of the day, okay? We are grinding here at the House Call Sports, all right? But if you're up real early like I am and you need a coffee company that's not only can provide you with everything from your necessary equipment, 
to your espresso machines, your grinders, your filters, your recipes, as well as a coffee to water ratio calculator. Go to Coffee Bros website, whose link is in our description to get everything that you need that is coffee related. So go get Coffee Bros, bro. And don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. We appreciate all your feedback. Give us your teams whose outlook has tri- who has changed since the All-Star break. Angels fans, you can comment your tiers in the comments. We will accept them uh, because I will probably be commenting my Yankees tiers in the comments as well. Uh, be sure to follow us on all of our social media platforms at The House Call Sports. We got Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Spotify, and Twitter. We are also up on threads as well, so go follow us on fre- threads, okay? We also have merch. You can meet our crew. We've got blogs up. All of that is on our website. Our website is www.thehousecall.com. And that's going to be it for us. Peace.